listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. I'm here with John O'Dell, and I'm so excited to have you on the show, John. It is an honor, and this is going to be a great conversation about electric vehicles. So, John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Well, going on 25 years of covering uh, the automotive in- industry, I started, I was a business writer at the Los Angeles Times doing uh, uh, a lot of Southern California economics reporting. And uh, I'm also a car guy. And I noted that uh, uh, two things. One, most of the automobile companies had advanced design and uh, R&D out here. At the time, all of the Asians, except for Subaru, were headquartered here. And... Uh, uh, we spend a, an enormous amount of money in in California on automobiles. It's the second largest taxable uh, expense category that the state tracks outside of housing. Uh, we we pay we pay we spend more money collectively on cars and everything uh, car related than we do on food. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know it intrigued me, and I uh, started lobbying to do uh, more automotive coverage and and less uh, other economic stuff. And we finally uh, convinced them that the biggest newspaper and the biggest uh, car market in the uh, or the biggest car enthusiast market in the nation ought to have a dedicated automotive section, and started one that lasted ten years. Uh, and during that time, I saw also that California was really setting uh, uh, new parameters for the auto industry, and that what California was doing with climate was was going, and the automobile was going to change the automotive industry. And so I really started looking into the, this idea of alternative fuels, you know, everything from fuel cells and biodiesel to electric. And uh, the, I've been specializing in that since 1998, and uh, uh, you know that's the short the, the short story. Uh, I went to I left the Los Angeles Times in 2007 and went to Edmunds.com and start an electric car site for them. It's called Edmunds Green Car Advisor, and uh, I stopped. Uh, you can tell from the hair I'm uh, I'm not a spring chicken. I stopped working full time at the end of 2015, and uh, uh, I decided I needed something to do to keep me busy. I didn't need to earn money, but I needed to stay busy. So I started a website called TheGreenCarGuy.com. Uh, which is a common, it's, it's a very consumer oriented. Try to, I try to answer questions and keep current on, on all the stuff having to do with uh, rebates. And uh, I, uh, I try and tax credits. I try to um, uh, keep abreast of the newest consumer oriented EVs. I don't cover Rolls Royces because there aren't that many people that are going to buy them anyhow. But I, but I try to keep up on uh, with reviewing and, uh, and introductions of, of the newest, uh, uh, more affordable EVs. And I answer people's questions when they have them. So that's what I do. And then I freelance for a couple of sites, uh, you know, uh, reviewing EVs and doing some EV news. And I just started reviewing home EV level two electric car chargers for uh, for Forbes uh, Garage. So 
So that, that's an interesting one. I'll have to circle back and uh, ask you a little bit more about that one. So I looked at one of your articles, one of many, you have tons and tons of articles in uh, on your website, which is great. And I really like the article that you did about the new Equinox EV. Mm-hmm. It's a, a Chevrolet. Uh, you know, so love it or hate it, it's a, it's a Chevrolet, uh, and it's going to have a lot of uh, Chevy about it. But it's an electric Chevrolet. It's a uh, it's still in the SUV class, but it's probably one of the more affordable ones. That's uh, that's a decent size that's uh, going to hit the road anytime soon. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that they dropped their uh, their effort to have a thirty thousand dollar version. I frankly I can't remember what the what the base price is now uh, i wrote that two weeks ago or three weeks ago <laughs> that, that that kind of detail goes right out of my head anymore i have to i have to refresh but it's uh, uh it's going to be in the 40s i believe or even uh, a, a little taller than that uh before incentives fortunately uh gm products pretty much all get the full 7500 uh, federal tax credit uh, and there's some news, that, you know, percolating for, for those who don't follow this. Starting in January, you're going to be able at most dealerships to get that money on the barrelhead rather than waiting till the end of the year and, and, and getting it back in your taxes. You can apply it against uh, down payments and things of that nature. Uh, but in any event, uh, it's a it's a decent vehicle and it's going to make. EVs a little more accessible to a few more people. And that's always a very, very, very good thing because that's the biggest problem with EVs right now. In my mind, uh, there are still folks who worry about range and there are folks who worry about, well, what's going to happen with all those batteries, which by the way, are about 97% recyclable uh, uh, and will cut down on the amount of mining we have to do, et cetera, because you can reuse the lithium and most of the other minerals that are in a battery. Uh, but, uh, but in any event, <laughs> I'm, I'm digressing the, uh, uh, you know, so, so the Equinox is one of the few starter cars, uh, in, in the market. And that's a wonderful thing because that's what we need right now. The average price of an EV, the transactional price uh, is a little over 50, I think it's 58,000, 50,000. It's been falling because Tesla, which accounts for still most of the EV sales in the United States, has been slashing prices uh, in order to keep volume up. Uh, so it's fallen. It was $65,000 a year ago. It's $50,000 today. Uh, in September, uh, the last the last month, I have numbers for it had fallen that that far, but it's still above the uh, average transaction price of all cars, which is fifty eight or forty eight thousand, and that includes you know the, the most expensive ones. Uh, and the, the reason being that it's uh, 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 I'm doing a primer here on uh, the economics of automobiles, but. Uh, uh, most automakers uh, want to recover some money, uh, some you know, some of their uh, investment. So they put newest technology in the most expensive cars. It's also a way you can hide the cost of that technology because leather seats really don't cost that much, and you know, some of the fancy electronics really don't cost that much. That's a cost item, but it's not horrible. But when you put it all together and you say, well, this is our super, you know, duper premium 
and it's an electric, you, you sort of hide some of the cost of, of being an electric car in there, but, and you're selling it for 70000 which unfortunately is not an affordable car for most people. And the, the EVs that are really affordable at this point are used. Uh, and or they're um, they're the very small ones. Uh, for instance, you know the the the, the mini, the the, the Cooper uh, Clubman, uh, the the fi- excuse me, it's, it's the SE I think, uh, but the uh, the the Fiat 500e, which is coming back, uh, those, those very you know those small cars. And uh, they make sense for a lot of people, but they don't make sense for everyone. You get into electric pickup trucks, and suddenly you're you're in the uh, '70s and '80s and '90s and hundreds, and uh, you know that's not your average pickup truck buyer. Although it's getting close, even the non-electrics are getting silly expensive. I'm really enjoying what you have to say about this topic because it is such a huge deal. Affordability is such a huge deal. Yeah, there's there are still things in electric cars that are incredibly expensive. Of batteries, uh, uh, you know, being the, the biggest, the battery is still anywhere from half to a third of the of the overall cost of building that car. I won't I won't say it's necessarily half the cost of, of what what the consumer pays, but uh, in terms of the cost uh, to the manufacturer, you know, batteries are still way up there. And as they get bigger, they get more expensive as a as proportionately. The uh, uh, so you know it takes volume to cut prices and it takes low prices to get or lower prices to get volume. So it's kind of a conundrum. And that's what the feds got involved in the state of California for, for, for many, many years, you know, pushing, uh, pushing incentives to try to get more people into them. You know, California has radically changed its uh, program. The, the clean vehicle rebate program dies this year. And the whole rebate program is now geared towards uh, the lower income uh, people uh, to get them into EVs. And that's great. You know, uh, uh, most of us who have an EV today, uh, enjoy the incentive. I've bought uh, th- three battery-powered cars over the years and uh, uh, gotten incentives on all of them, and they've certainly helped. Uh, uh, but uh, we don't really absolutely have to have them. But there are people for whom an electric vehicle or you know, plug-in hybrid or an EV is uh, is out of the question unless you know somebody is helping them with 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 the cost. I want to go back to what you had mentioned about what you're doing with Forbes and reviewing level two charging at home, mm-hmm. because it's like you had said, it's it's the affordability, but then it's also the range. And how do we how do we tackle the range anxiety and how do we get people a little bit more mm-hmm. comfortable and able to effectively charge at home? So we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing at Forbes with with some of these level two charger reviews. Well, we've just started it, so uh, I don't think the first one's posted yet. I was reviewing EVs. I I work. I do a lot for True Car, and then uh, and I was doing some for Forbes uh, Garage. They stopped doing car reviews and started doing um, accessory reviews. And uh, there aren't that many accessories yet for uh, for, for for EVs in general. But uh, a necessary accessory for, for most EV drivers is some kind of a charger. And many people can get by with that 120 uh, volt uh, uh, cord that comes with most EVs uh, uh, that, that, that plugs in and just uses normal household current. Because uh, unless you're draining your battery completely every day, you can top up overnight in eight or nine hours. You can put a few, you know, a bit of range on a 
on an EV with a 120 volt. But if you, you know, have a, a, lo a long commute or you're just nervous about driving around with a half full battery and you prefer it to be at 80 or 90% all the time, you need a level two charger, which is a 240 volt. You need some place uh, to have that 240 volt uh, line, which rules out a lot of apartment and, and some condo dwellers. But, uh, but in any event, uh, we decided that uh, there are so many of these things out there that we should maybe start taking a look at how how they work i'm in southern california and it's hard to cold test and it's even hard to wet test a uh, uh, an ev charger that's rated you know to be installed outdoors in all weather so uh, i bought a, a chest freezer and i've got a special uh, uh line outside that's uh twice normal household pressures 120 psi instead of 60 uh, so that I can uh, direct a very fierce stream of water at these things. Oh, so and, you're going to uh, like, you're going to really do like science experiments on them. I freeze them for, I, I take the whole unit, the cord, cord uh, nozzle, connector nozzle and everything and all the electronics. And I throw it in the freezer for two days. I love it. 48 hours at minus 10 degrees. And then I, uh, I take it out, uh, hang it on the wall again, plug it in uh, with the frost on it and start charging or, or not. As, <laughs> so far, you know, we've only done the, the one, but uh, uh, it worked perfectly. And uh, I also take it off the wall uh, uh, because my installation is in the garage and I don't want to do this in my garage. And I uh, prop it up out in the, out in the driveway and I uh, water it for uh, a heavy stream of water for 15 minutes solid. Uh, just the, the electronics box, hang it up, make sure it still starts up and works. And then while it's plugged into the car, I, I, I do the same thing at the, the junction with the automobile in the car, you know, uh, the charging nozzle and the, uh, the, 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 charger port on the car and I you know, while it's charging to see if uh, I, I jeopardize my car. Hopefully I won't burn burn it up, but I want to make sure that these things are in, in fact watertight, waterproof, water resistant, whatever you know they're supposed to be. And I uh, I have a you know an infrared uh, thermometer that I check the uh, the the heat uh that builds up during a five, six hour charging session, you know, at the nozzle and at the uh, at the the wall box to make sure that uh you know it's consistent and not uh, uh not, not not getting too nasty so you know that's, that's nothing that's that's deep science it just makes sense if you're in southern california you can't you know you're not going to get too many winter days that you can test a uh, a charger in the snow so we 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 make do with a freezer and and all of that but uh, uh it's a little more rigorous than most folks do and uh uh you know i ho hopefully it gives us a, a good idea of uh, of how well this thing is going to work if you decide to buy it and you know hang it hang it up in your garage or on a post outside yeah well we definitely need the john odell youtube channel with all of these <laughs> videos because i i would there, be there, a subscriber. there already are several but uh but i just i caution people uh uh check out the, the people who are doing a lot of this because a lot of it they're just repeating manufacturers uh, what's on the box and right. uh, you need to go a little deeper than that to be uh, to be sure i also want to see on this john odell youtube channel that i am going to create for you um is we need to do like a head-to-head -head... i'm not photogenic enough to have a YouTube <laughs> no channel. you have to you do like a head-to-head -head, uh like cage match 
this brand of charger versus this brand and just do uh do a, a i'm afraid that that would be for most people but kind of like watching paint dry or or reading an insurance <laughs> uh an insurance policy out loud no uh, we can make it creative we can make it fun <laughs> i have faith in us john so last question i have for you because we are actually running up on time i knew this was going to be an awesome interview so but the last question i have for you is what are some of the EV models that maybe haven't been released yet um, that you're maybe looking forward to? Well, there's a bunch of stuff coming down the the, the pike because uh, we're getting closer to that 2025 uh, point where everybody in the world has said we're, we're only going to be making EVs uh, by 2030, so it's going to be mostly EVs by 2025, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of it's still high-end stuff. You know, Cadillac's about to put out a $300,000 vehicle um, uh, that, that uh, you know, is not intended to be a mass seller by any means. But uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a number of things. I'm an old sports car guy, and Alfa Romeo is coming out with uh, Julia. Uh, that's going to run between, depending on the model, I think between 350 and a thousand horsepower, and hopefully we'll handle like an Alpha and 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 be be fun to get out there. But again, Alphas ain't cheap, uh, so uh, so I'm as I'm more excited uh, to see the Chevrolets uh, come out with with uh, uh, you know Equinoxes and and a new Bolt, which uh, or a, a revision of the existing Bolt. It's not going to be a brand new vehicle. Uh, uh, despite what was uh, said earlier, uh, we've got uh, uh, some additional Toyotas coming down the line that will be all electric. Although Toyota is still pushing their uh, their uh, standard hybrids, uh, you know, very very hard. Um, the, the 500e, which uh, when I first did the original 500e, uh, it, you know, it was an absolute blast to drive that little Fiat. You know, it's not a, it's not a big car, but it, it's a great car for everybody to, uh, uh, everybody. it's a great car if you just, just need to drive and or, or you love to drive and have fun driving. It's a great car if you need to commute. Uh, and you don't need anything big. Uh, the same thing with the with the Mini Cooper electric, which which is out or, or is about to to land again. Um, Fisker, which is a company that a lot of people haven't heard of, uh, it's uh, uh, but Henrik Fisker, the uh, an award winning designer, goes back uh, many many years. Aston Martin, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, he started his own company years ago. He had a plug-in hybrid called the Fisker that, uh, unfortunately, that, that company had some financial problems and, uh, uh, you know, sort of fell by the wayside. It was uh, taken over by uh, uh, Chinese investors and now builds, uh, builds cars under the Karma name. Uh, but uh, Henrik Fisker uh, has started up again. Uh, he's got a... Uh, uh, an electric SUV called the Ocean, which is a little more up there than starter level, but he's got one on the books called the Pair, which I think stands for something like personal electric, and I can't remember uh, automotive. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the R stands for. It's like Nissan Leaf, you know. It's an acronym, so the Pair sounds like a weird name for a car, but uh, it's a it's supposed to come in at right around thirty thousand, thirty four thousand dollars for any incentives oh, really? and uh uh you know he's got good backers uh, uh uh he's you know his designs are great and uh uh from what i've seen of the ocean and uh and earlier fisker vehicles his uh fit and finish uh, you know puts tesla to shame frankly 
anybody that can come out with a decent, uh, you know, EV that's uh, under forty thousand dollars in my book is a is an absolute winner. Then we have to, of course, convince people that EVs are for everyone. And uh, and then, you know, not every EV is is not for every person. Uh, and there are some professions and trades that uh, EVs uh have not yet, uh, you know, reached the point where they're really, you know, uh, practical. Uh, but uh, but by and large, uh, uh, I've found as an EV driver, and I have a non-EV. I, you know, I do both. Uh, we have an EV that we uh, we we drive around town, and my wife and I fight over who gets to take it. Uh, and then we have a, a conventional hybrid uh, that we use for you know really long distance trips, uh, uh, so we don't have to fight with uh, with the uh, woefully inadequate uh, you know uh, uh, fast charging system that, that exists today. And that's a whole nother. <laughs> you could do that, a whole podcast on that one. I uh, said that that's a whole other episode. And then yeah. real quick, your thoughts on the VW ID Buzz? Uh, I the uh, the Buzz is the wonderful. Buzz. It's going to be a little pricey, but uh, if you're a, a VW fan. Uh, 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 you know, it's a kick. I've driven it, uh, uh, driven in it, and looked looked around. They haven't let us uh, drive it yet, uh, uh, but uh, uh, it's 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 very good looking, uh, and uh, and could be a pretty practical thing. And uh, you know, the uh, VW's got a couple of things coming down the road: uh, the ID7 uh, sedan, which is going to be a, a really nice one. So uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff on the horizon. It's you know, it's. It's consumer education and pricing that that yep. uh, that still are the big uh, bugaboos, I think. I think so too, John. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I would love, love, love to have you back sometime next year to do like another just roundup of vehicles and what you're thinking and even get a little bit more on uh, what you're doing with chargers at Forbes. It's thegreencarguy.com. And uh, uh, as I say, I, I, I try to provide information and I don't charge anybody for anything. And I'll, uh, I try to answer every question that comes across the the transom. So uh, uh, more than happy to, to have anybody who wants to look, take a look. Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, keep charging forward. Word.